Good morning, Smithfield. I wanted to uh, bring to you what originally started out as a Bible study idea that I was going to share with my wife, and I thought this would be perfect for us to to start off the new year thinking through some lessons from First Peter. So I'd like to pray for us and then just jump right in like I'm just doing Bible study in your home. Let's pray. Heavenly Father God, I just thank you for this time. I thank you for this morning that you would bless us with your word. And I pray, Lord, that you would help us to focus on what the Spirit is saying in 1 Peter to us. And so I pray that you would blow upon your word. I pray that you would help us to hear and have ears to hear what the Holy Spirit has to say in the word of God. And I pray that our hearts would be settled, that in the midst of a different time of worship in a, in, in a different fashion, that we would be able to just come to you with eagerness and lean in and hear your word and get help and get encouragement and get strengthened by the life-giving word of God, because this is your word. And I pray that you would minister to our hearts and that we would hear what Peter wanted to tell the early church and what's meant for our good and our edification and for the churches all down through the ages till glory comes. And I pray that you would minister to our hearts now in Jesus' name. Amen. So I, I thought it would be fitting that we would actually be in First Peter at the beginning of the new year just to deal with just what was kind of an unexpected reality. And Peter was writing to Christians who were going through hard times. He was writing to Christians that were experiencing intense persecution, the kind of persecution that you didn't know if going to a worship service was going to mean your life. And ultimately, um, Nero and, and the Roman persecution had become so intense during this period that Christians were often taken to the Colosseum and and sewn into animal skins and, and fed to lions and lit up uh, in gardens like torches. Um, and so this is the context that Peter's writing into. And he's writing into a suffering church that's experiencing hard things, things that they don't want to happen, but ultimately things that are a part of their everyday life. And so I'm just thinking like, Peter had a word to the church back then to embolden them in the midst of difficulty to shine bright in the midst of the darkness and to be encouraged in a season that when you look around everything was discouraging but they had the gospel and so he's writing to the church and he's reminding them listen you might feel like you're strangers in a strange land you might feel like you're you're foreign like you're exiles like you're pilgrims just like passing through but i want to tell you i've got encouragement for you so look with me if you would at first peter chapter one and we're going to look at verses three and following 
and just get some help today so we can be encouraged in the midst of our current situation. Because listen, like none of us wants the pandemic to drag on. None of us wants to experience some of the difficulties of living in a, a, a world where, where our political landscape is a mess, where we feel like stuff has just been going on for so long and there's been so much divisiveness and there's been so much discouragement and there's been so much uncertainty. When can I hear a word about what's true and right and good, and when can I get some hope and, and, and rays of light shining into that darkness? And that's what Peter wants to do. He wants to encourage a beat up, battered church and help them to stand strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. He, he, he's reminding them, listen, there's gonna be lions. The, the devil's like a lion prowling around seeking whom he might devour. And I wanna tell you something, like you got to resist him firm in the faith, faith, and 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 submit to God and humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. But in chapter one and verse three, he reminds us that we've got to we've got to be living in a way where we're praising God for the gospel realities in our life. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It says in verse three, according to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope. He's, call, he's calling us to be encouraged because God has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Verse four, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. So Peter is telling the church, listen, I want you to start off praising God for who he is as father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So you got to know that if you want to be encouraged, if you begin to praise God, you got to start off realizing you got a father in heaven who loves you, who sent his son into the world to redeem you to save you, to cause you to be born again to a living hope. This is a living hope. This is not a dead hope. This is not like, you know, pie in the sky, by and by. This is a living hope that can hit your life and change you and strengthen you in the midst of hard things. And you got a father in heaven who sent his very own son into the world. And the son delighted to be sent to be your savior. He's the Lord Jesus Christ. And he's the one who was sent into the world to die on a cross and to rise up out of the grave so that you could be born again to a living hope. If you are a Christian, if you have believed, if you have trusted in the gospel, you have been born again to a living hope. And, and, and Peter's like, I want you to bless God and praise God because number one, you've been born again to a living hope. And maybe we're just in a day where we've got to realize like we have a living hope in 2022. We have a living hope 
in the middle of a pandemic that's kind of kept going on and on, it seems. We've got a living hope in the midst of tragedy in our families. We've got a living hope in the midst of hard trials that hit us and we feel like we get hit upside the head. We've got a living hope in the midst of fractured lives where we feel like sometimes we're just unraveling and maybe this week you feel like, I'm just so spent, I'm so exhausted, I'm so overwhelmed, I've got no hope. But you got to remember, our Father, the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, sent His Son into the world, and He has caused you to be born again to a living hope. And one day, it's all going to be made new. One day, you will never have a trial again. One day, you will never experience the kind of sufferings that you go through in this present life. And you have to know that you've got a living hope. And that's what we're looking. That's what we're looking towards. We're looking to God, knowing a living hope has been granted to us. And notice what he says, like, by what power does this hope come into our lives? Verse 3 says, we've been born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Christ Jesus from the dead, which reminds us he died for us. But not only that, he conquers death coming out of the grave. So in the face of the reality that every single one of us, every single person that's hearing this right now. Every one of us will die, but we have a Savior who has provided a living hope right now to triumph over the grave. Death has been swallowed up in victory. And dear brothers and sisters, you need to know death has been swallowed up by the Prince of Life, and God loved you so much he sent his Son to conquer death for you. And he sent his son to conquer all of the effects of the curse for you to provide you a living hope. And it's a powerful hope. It's, it comes with the same power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ out of the dead. And that's Peter's encouragement to the first century church to remind them, press on in the midst of persecution. Press on in the midst of suffering. Press on in the midst of hard things. And then he wants to promise them about the quality of the inheritance that they have because of this living hope. Look at this, verse 4. He's, he's, he's caused us to be born again according to the great mercy of God. And then verse four says, we're born again to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, unfading, and kept in heaven for us. So we have an inheritance. We're looking forward to a heavenly inheritance. We're looking forward to the realities of the gospel being brought to bear for eternity in our lives. And so you need to know that God has a purpose to bring about eternal hope, to bring about eternal inheritance, and all the treasures of the gospel of Jesus Christ are yours, and one day you're going to cash in 
because of who God is and what he did in sending Jesus into the world. And how many of you are discouraged right now and failing to believe that very reality? God, he, he's, he, he, doesn't, he, he, he doesn't know what's going on right now. And you need to know he has an inheritance that he has secured for you by the very blood of Jesus Christ. And you'll notice verse four says that this inheritance, it's imperishable. So you wanna know what? Like it's never going away. Nothing is gonna cause this, this inheritance to decay in your life. It's a certainty, it's a reality, it's not gonna corrode. It's not gonna be corrupted, it's incorruptible. And what an encouraging thing it is to know as we begin 2022, like we've got an incorruptible, imperishable inheritance. It's not going to be like rotten milk that's stinking, you know, a week from now. It's going to be ever gloriously sustained by the very power of God. And it's a promised reality. And notice that verse four says it's an undefiled hope. This is not a hope that we have. This is not an inheritance we have that can be corrupted. It's not an inheritance that's going to be defiled by our sin. It's not an inheritance that's going to just get smothered and stamped out by human evil or moral depravity. No, this is an incorruptible, this is an undefiled inheritance. And it's for you, brothers and sisters. It's been purchased for you, and Jesus will not let it be corrupted. He is the good shepherd, and he is the one who's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So you may be discouraged and feeling like, I just don't, I don't feel encouraged, but you need to remember that right now, right here, you have an incorruptible, undefiled, pure salvation with an inheritance in heaven that is coming, that every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms are yours in Christ. And if God did not spare his own son, how much more will he not freely with Christ give you everything you need? So we see like this is, this is an inheritance that's incorruptible. It's undefiled. And then we see that it's unfading. It's, it's never going to fade into the ether. It's, never gonna, it, it's not going to be like a, like a candle that gets smothered and goes out. It's not going to be a, a light that like a, you know, the sun setting and the light just disappears into the darkness. So this salvation, this inheritance will remain and will endure like an unquenchable flame. That's God's heart and promise to you in 2022. That's the kind of salvation he provides for you in 2022. So I want to encourage you with that. And, and, and notice this, like, you know, is it up to me to keep this? Is it, is it up to me? Is it up to my weakness? Is it, is it up to my, my lack of faith? Is, is it up to, to my floundering Christian experience? No, verse four says, we are kept, or, or this inheritance is kept in heaven for you, brothers and sisters, 
who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. You want to know something? Like you are living out your Christian experience with the knowledge that God is going to keep you, that God is going to keep true to his promises, that God is going to preserve you, that God is going to help you endure to the end, that God is working in you, as Philippians reminded us, the willing and doing for his good pleasure. So know this, God is at work in you, dear brother or sister, to keep you until the very end, till one day when his glorious salvation is revealed in the last time. That means like end of days. That means like when Jesus comes back, God's going to keep you until then and beyond. This is an incorruptible, undefiled, glorious inheritance. Praise be to God that our salvation is in him that our security is in him, that our hope is in him. So you want a source of joy and, 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 and a wellspring to motivate your praise in 2022? I want to encourage you, brothers and sisters, revel in the gospel unfolded to us in this very word to us. From Peter to the first century church, for our edification, breathed out by the Holy Spirit as a definitive word to the church to encourage us in hard times. That's for us and for the church for eternity. And this, this reality, look, verse 6 reminds us, this is how we, we get into trials and we endure. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the testing... The tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by the fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So, brothers and sisters, know that sometimes it's necessary that our faith be tested so that the genuineness of it be put on display, be refined like in the fire, and all the impurity and dross of your faith would just come out in the midst of the trial, sanctifying you and helping you to live as a shining monument of God's glory. And one day, all of these fiery trials that come upon us will make God look glorious as he preserves us and keeps us and his promises break over us in hard times and hard realities. So I just want to encourage you today as we close, I, I want you to think about your life. I want you to think about 2022 Maybe not starting the way you hoped out, but I want you to bank on these gospel promises. And I want to pray for us as a church that we enter in to 2022 just sold out for Jesus, looking to him, the author and finisher of our faith. Let's pray, brothers and sisters. Lord, we thank you for this word and we thank you for your faithfulness. And I just pray right now, Lord, for those of us who are discouraged who are despairing, and who are just a little beat up coming into this season. 
And we pray, Father, I pray that you would encourage us, that you would strengthen our resolve to live for Jesus, and that you would heal our hearts where they're broken, that you would help us to persevere in the midst of the trial, that we want to honor you, Lord. We want to live for you, for you are King, you are Lord, you are God. And we praise you. And I pray, God, that you would lavish us with rich, deep, vibrant, bold faith so that we come into 2022 knowing that we were made for this moment. And oh God, I pray that you would help us to live for King Jesus in the midst of this world. And when the trials come, that we would remember that we have a blessed God who has preserved us and purchased a salvation so glorious that it can help us in the midst of the furnace and it can see us through to the very end. And one day we will see him in glory and all these things will be to the praise and glory of his name. Oh Lord, help us to live for you today. In Jesus' name, amen.